You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Episode 2. I'm your host, Barbara McGinnis, and today we're talking with Chris Johnson, who's a new partner, attorney here at Takis McGinnis, and we're going to be talking about the continuum. It's good to be here, Barbara. <laughs> um, we tend to measure a lot of things here at Takis McGinnis on a continuum. And when we're, when we're talking about that, we're really talking about the continuum of function, continuum of services, continuum of housing. There, there's a multiple of continuums. So what does being on the continuum actually mean to you? Well, what it means to me is I always like to go start with the functionality because it starts with the heart of what we are. And we're a life care planning firm. And what that means is our first priority is worried about ensuring that our clients are getting the care that they need. And that care need is always driven by their functionality. And that is the curve that we use that goes from fully independent to fully dependent. And knowing where you are on that curve is going to drive everything else in the plan. And in, in fact, the continuum of functionality actually um, starts as an adult that's completely high-functioning and healthy, and it just goes right on into an un, start, starting with an unhealthy, and as we start to accumulate impaired function. Right. I, I think that's exactly right. And so when I'm explaining it to a client, I, I show them the independence uh, area of the curve, which is right at the beginning of the functionality line. And I say at age 18, we all started right there. And for most of us, we stayed right there for the next 40 to 50 years. And then what happens is slowly little things creep up. And I always use the little examples first, and they can be silly. I'll joke with a client, I'll, I'll hold my glasses up and say, I have started to travel down that curve. I'm no longer a fully independent adult because if I'm in a dark restaurant and I have menu with fine print, I'm in trouble without my glasses. But being able to recognize those small things. Do you have a, a kid come by and do your lawn once once every other week or so? Do you have someone climb, uh, climb a ladder to do your gutters because you're not comfortable there or doing the high dusting in your home? If you're able to recognize those little transitions on the curve, it'll help you see the bigger ones. And having that kind of assistance, we, we always say that hire help or get the help that you need to do those things, so you don't, you're preventing a disaster. You know, if you're a little bit unsteady on your feet, well, it's best not to be on a ladder trying to do your gutters, right? Because a bigger disaster could could just be waiting for you. So that's exactly right. What we what we don't want to have happen is have your care being provided lag behind your care needs. And if you shouldn't be on a ladder anymore, having that honest conversation with yourself, which is the most difficult person in the world to have the most honest conversation with, because it's very difficult. I think just societally speaking in our culture to be able to say, 
I'm not able to do this anymore. I need help. And that is a hard realization to come to. But having that honest realization can prevent you from putting yourself in a real pickle where you put yourself in danger and injure yourself catastrophically which then has the result of fast forwarding you down that curve and you go from independent to dependent much faster if you have a a self-induced medical event. You fall off the ladder and you now have a subdural hematoma or a broken hip or something like that. That's right. Um, And and those are... Those are little things mm-hmm. like getting lawn help and, and home maintenance help. And some of us are not opposed to that because we it's okay. Some people don't like having people around the house. But it gets bigger when we start thinking, I need help with self-care. That's right. I, I can't do safely do a bath or safely do a shower. I need somebody to come into the home and help me with those things. But again, having that kind of help and safety just the standby assistance, the extra person around, or having the home modifications to make the environment safer, that's going to help prevent or delay, like you said, that catapult down the the continuum. So we're looking at possibly moving. Exactly. And no and what is everyone's number one goal? I, I think it almost is universal. I don't want to leave my home. Right. And the problem is the care you're receiving is very much associated with where you are living. And so sometimes the care that you need has to be given at a facility. And for those that don't want to have that as uh, kind of a primary option or want to put that off as long as possible, doing that self-care and taking care of oneself uh, and the things that they're looking for. I think those bigger events that you're discussing, we're talking about activities of daily living. Can I cook for myself and prepare my own meals anymore safely? Can I dress myself? Can I safely move in my environment? Those are the ones that can really lead to catastrophic events. I've had a conversation where someone said, you know, can I? Can they prepare their own meals anymore? Oh, they they love to cook. They they only caught the house on fire three times this month, and I, I always go back to that one because I shake my head because the 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 son and daughter that were in the meeting looked at me with a straight face and said that, and they had no realization. They they said it completely deadpan that somehow that was a strange thing to say. And remember that it was critical. They said only three times that month. That was a good month. That is not a safe environment anymore. And the problem is they weren't able to see that because that had just become their world. That had become their They're routine. normal. That's right. I think not only is it just the acceptance of help and the loss of independence that we we all struggle with a little bit, but it's also the price tag that comes with that, some of that assistance as well. Some people are just reluctant to, um, to pay for the services or care, even if they can. And some people struggle with being able to pay for those services. So that's another one of our continuums that we think about. Where do people live? Where do they, what kind of care do they need based on their functionality? What are the associated costs and how are we going to pay for them? That's right. right. And those costs, those costs are things that people worry about. And that's another thing where we're taught to always save for a rainy day and we don't want to spend money if we don't need. And well, I'm paying for a convenience and pay when I pay for a convenience to some people, uh, they for and I think it's a generational question. They feel like paying for a convenience 
is equated with an extravagance. And when it comes to your self-care, that's not the case. It may be if you pay for, you know, a fancy television or something in your home, but when you're paying for someone to safely prepare your meals before you, because you cannot, or if you're paying someone to be on standby when you shower or when you are uh, getting dressed because you're a fall risk, that's not an extravagance anymore. That is a smart decision because when we talked about catapulting down that functionality curve, the cost curve is commensurate along with it. You don't want to f- catapult down the cost curve because those costs get very expensive very quickly. And now in your attempt to save money on the front end, what you've actually done is invested in buying yourself some great expenses on the back end. And that's a poor way of investing. Right. That's a good way of, of kind of summing that situation um, up. And of course, one of the biggest fears that people have is the fear of needing institutional care. They would prefer to have their care at home. And um, and a little bit of care at home can put that institution off. And I right. think that's, I, we have that conversation I, almost on a daily basis here with someone who, who will say, listen, I don't want to leave the home. And I, every once in a while we'll get accused, well, you're, you're just trying to tell me that a facility is good and I should move into a facility. And I say, absolutely not. I want you to live where you want to live for as long as you can. What is the most important is that wherever you are living, your care needs are being met because it is when those care needs aren't being met, that's when the likelihood of something bad happening increases exponentially. And then and then what happens is you have lost control of the decision making in your life because I tell people you have two options. You can tell life what to do or life can start telling you what you're going to do. And you want to stay in the first category for as long as possible. Denial is not just a good way of staying there, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, so one thing I learned along the way, too, is as an individual, we want independence, uh, freedom to make our own choices, even if they're not great choices or they particularly particularly have risk, we're okay with that. We're assuming the risk ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, as an adult, we do that all the time. But when we're thinking about someone we love, whether it's a parent or a grandparent, we choose safety for them always, right? Oh, we absolutely do. And uh, I had one client uh, and this, it, it made me chuckle so hard. And they said, Chris, it's hard to take advice from someone whose butt you used to powder, yes. and I and I, I I really chuckled hard at that because that that is the mindset. They are the parents, and they will always see themselves as the parents and the decision maker. And it, it's hard for them to step back from that and pass that proverbial baton and say, "Listen, if I'm willing to give up a little bit of my independence now." I can probably still preserve a lot of my decision-making in the future because the healthier I am, the more I'm going to be in charge of myself. The less healthy and the less safe that I am, the more that I'm going to cede those responsibilities to others. So it's a little bit of preventive uh, health and preventive maintenance, so to speak. Yep. Um, What kind of responsibility do I as a child have to help my parents stay in the home range on that continuum? I think like anything else, it's, it's your job as a child to be objective, 
to critically analyze the situation, to understand they are mom and dad and that they have a, a right to make decisions and a, and a right to uh, have a big say in what they're going to do. But at the same token, you have a responsibility as a child to help keep them safe. And I talk about when I talked about uh, the the family whose mother was catching the kitchen on fire, mm-hmm. they couldn't see the proverbial forest for the trees. This because this had become their normal. It was hard to zoom out to that thirty thousand foot view and say this isn't normal. And you need someone who can look at it. I think that very much is one of the children's responsibilities and say. I've identified a problem and we need to have a real discussion about this problem because it is the ignoring a problem. It's being the ostrich and sticking your head in the sand that really can cause problems because ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away. And we all know problems are not like fine wine. They don't get better with age. They are only going to get worse. Yeah. Kind of like fish. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. It only gets worse, smellier. Um, So, What's our role in all this at, at Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law? Our, our role is to help people manage the integration of these continuums, right? That, that's exactly right. Their legal, personal, and financial needs over time. And it's it's being the duty expert in this. It's having them give us the circumstances and we can say, these are the things you need to look at. And we have those people on staff here. We have our elder care coordinators who can easily look at the environment and talk about is this safe? Isn't this safe? And we as attorneys, we hear this stuff all the time and we say, okay, we're, we're missing the, the fact you hear the recitation of how they're living. You say, listen, you need help with these activities of daily living and their past fail events and emphasizing that because our culture, we're very much a can do and independent culture. And this was another one of my favorites. Uh, I asked if, if mom and dad could still dress themselves. Oh yeah, they're fine. They get up in the morning, they put on their shirts, put on their pants. They can't put on their shoes and socks anymore. And I said, well, if they can't put on their shoes and socks anymore, the only place they're socially acceptably allowed to be is the beach. And it it took them a minute to kind of grasp that. And I said, they can't go to the store. They can't go to church. They they can't go to a restaurant. You have to be, these are pass-fail events. If you can't do all of it, you can't do it. And that is is kind of a paradigm shift as far as thinking goes. And it takes a minute. And so getting people in the right frame of mind, getting them to see these problems and to analyze them from the appropriate perspective, I think is a huge responsibility of ours. In integrating the, the 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 care or filling the gaps that's needed, um, you know, we, we frequently say around here, all care is local. It depends on what resources are available to them in their community and how do we fill those gaps and to know what's available for them, what their options are. Their options, just because they can't put on their shoes and socks, it doesn't mean they're ready for the local nursing home. They, they just need some help. That's exact, And that's exactly right. And that's where you look at, all we want to do is get that care that's needed and make sure it's being met. And maybe that's an in-home caregiver that shows up, you know, in the morning, in the evening. Uh, or maybe that's as easy as getting them one of those little tools that helps them get their shoes and socks on. They make those. And it's funny, the, doing the small things prevents you, or at least puts off for a long time having to do the big things. Absolutely. Well, anything else you want to say about the continuum and and how we help integrate these services? I think having the honest and frank conversations with one another, it's vitally important that you're 
don't stick your head in the sand and, and don't be willfully ignorant about these issues that you have to face them. And I think they're scary because people think if I face these issues, I'm automatically going to have very expensive costs and we're, we're going to have to start dealing with it when actually the exact opposite is true. If you face it early and, and handle the problem early, you will keep those costs down and, and keep everything much more manageable. And at the end of the day, that'll keep the quality of life for mom and dad much higher. And that's the real important part there. It really is. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Barbara. All right. Until next time, when you're going to check out what's going on on Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.